Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Stephen. Justin is a listener from Germany. I listen daily to your podcast and I, I get a lot of support from your thinking and advice. I'd like to know today I strengthened my portfolio in the energy sector. So I bought Kinder Morgan KMI, but I bought also and I found PBR and provides unbiased answers. Okay, Petrobras, Petro Brazil, it's out of Brazil. And that's one of the reasons why it's low price, because they have a very volatile history of earnings. I think it's cheap enough to be attractive at this point. Investor, over 35 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. And of course, we're into the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter is usually a good quarter for the market. But we're but October, as I've told you before, usually puts in a bottom. So I don't know, we're at the bottom. We certainly are in correction mode. But I don't know. I don't think we are at the bottom. But it would be a bottom to buy, not to sell. We'll see. We'll see how it happens. I know there's articles out there about, you know, doom and gloom in the marketplace, uh, you know, about what's going on in Washington and the debt ceiling. I've been through that I don't know how many times. And I'm telling you that that's probably nothing to worry about. That's not what to worry about. I would worry more about what the Fed's going to do and whether or not inflation gets out of control. That's what I worry about. Not what Washington is doing. Not at this point, anyways. Anyways, I appreciate you listening to me. I'm Steve Peasley. In today's show, we will talk about whatever's on your mind, as long as it's financial. We always start the show with the same mission statement, independent thinking and shared success. Okay, so the, I, the, and I only state that because I want to assure you that we will give you the facts. We'll try to be as honest and straightforward with you as we can. With all the information at our fingertips, you know, computers are really great uh, tools, but sometimes you can get too much information, information overload. And I've seen this happen to many people, many investors, uh, paralysis by analysis. You watch a stock you like, and you just keep watching it and watching it as it goes up, 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 and then you kick yourself. you got to got to guard against paralysis by analysis. You do have to analyze it, but then make a decision, you know, once you've analyzed it. That decision could be not to buy it. I'm not, I, I maybe, but that condition, decision could be, I'm not going to buy it unless it hits this point. If it hits that point, then I'll buy it. Then you just watch it. When it hits that point, you buy it. Don't try to second-guess yourself again. Paralysis by analysis. That's always second-guessing yourself all the time. Many people have that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to give me a call. You drive this the, the, the show. You drive the, the financial investment questions you provide, and that takes us where we have to go or where you want us to go. So that's why you're in control if you call and ask your questions. Okay, if you never call, if you never had a call in the past, why don't you call now? Well, I would love to hear from you. And don't worry about the question. 
Any questions, fine. As long as it's financial, there's no stupid questions. All questions are valid. So ask them. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm never going to make fun of you. Not going to happen. So don't hesitate to ask your questions. Okay. Remember, we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So we're live now. If you can't call while during the live show, you still can call. Leave your question. We will try to get to it on the next show. The number is 888-99-CHART. So let's go right to the first listener line question. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a live caller just came on. Let's go to Diego in North Hollywood. How you doing, Diego? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Thank you for the call. Hey, so um, I'm looking at the stock PaySafe, ticker symbol as PSFE. Uh-huh. Um, I bought this stock about a month ago. It seemed like a pretty good price, but, yeah, it's been falling. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I read that it got included into the uh, Relto 2000. And it's apparently like the PayPal of Europe. So I thought it was a pretty good deal. But, yeah, it's just been going down since. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay. PSFE, PaySafe Limited, UK-based provider of payment processing, digital wallet, and online cash solutions. I came out public not that long ago, September 2020. So not that long ago, a little over a year. Uh, they make money. They're, they're going to make money this year, $0.07 cents a share, and next year, $0.20 cents a share. Sales growth is happening. Not strong, though, only 5 to 13% in the last couple of quarters. So it's not like exploding growth. That's not happening. And that might be why it's struggling, because this is, you know, this should be a growth stock, because it's so new, it's not that big in sales. I mean, we're talking 384 million sales last quarter. And it's a $5.2 billion company. So that's a pretty pretty good valuation for a company that does not have a lot of sales and only is going to make $0.20 cents a share next year. Now, mind you, that $0.20 cents a share is 180% higher than this year. So that's very good. I don't want to say that it's not good. It is very good. But remember, you know, the growth sales growth rate is in the low teens at the most. That's pretty slow. So, you know, you're going to have trouble. Unless they pick up sales growth, you're going to have trouble because its valuation is probably near where it's trading at, around $7, $8, and it's at $7.22. Now, that doesn't mean you get out of it. I think you stick with it. You've already stuck with it this what this this long. I would just stick with it because it, if it, it is, becomes a PayPal, the stock is going much higher. But right now, it's still in its formative years, and it's not – you know, the valuations are not there. Good luck with it, Diego. Hope it works for you. My focus point today concerns this story. One expert has explained how to talk about money to other people, to your friends, to your family. Not, not People don't talk about it. Never have talked about it. They should be talking about it, but they don't. No one talks about it. It's like a, tab, a taboo subject, which I think is wrong. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, um, other topics, supply chain issues. we got to talk about those. We've been talking about them for a while, but I think we just need to discuss them. They're, they're tough. They're, they're, they're not getting solved right away. It's going to take time, a year. Windows 11 is out. That's a new operating system. They haven't had a new operating system in how many years? What, five years? Six years. Six years. And I want to talk about October 
crashes. Remember, I've been a couple of weeks ago. I started talking about October is usually the one that puts in a bottom somewhere, but October can be very volatile. So, are we set up to have some more volatility? We certainly had yesterday, and then a little snap back today, but not that much. The market was up today. The Dow was up 311. The Nasdaq up 178, and the S&P was up 45. But that was not nearly as strong as it was down yesterday. So. Still a tough market. And you, you, if you take a look at the chart, take a look at the chart of the big indexes, the Dow, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, the Russell 2000, the Russell 3. Take a look at them. You can see the weaknesses started all, most of September. I mean, the market was down for September between, what was it, 3 and 6%, depending on what index you're looking at. Okay, that's market was down, 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 down. And it continues to be down the first couple of trading days this year, even though it was up today, but it was down big yesterday. So we'll see. We'll see how it works. I think we all just got to be aware. But when the market does feel like it's gotten put in the bottom, remember, a, a normal correction would be 10%. We're probably only down about 7% or so. So we're not, we're not there. It's just, we're just not there yet. My trivia question today concerns how to get promoted. Okay, if you got a job, but if you want to do better, earn more, and progress in your career, we'll have some tips for you. That's coming up at the halfway point in the program. Okay? The numbers were, were this is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin Klein and I thank you for listening and downloading the podcast. We do really appreciate it. And we're going to take a quick break here. The phone number is 888 99Chart. No two investors have an identical portfolio, so each investor will have different questions. I guess I'm wondering how I should kind of diversify. If the questions specific to your portfolio aren't being asked, your situation is not addressed. And I wanted your thoughts on the cannabis market. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein take Invest Talk listener questions each weekday during the program live stream in the 4 to 5 p.m. hour Pacific time. The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes, so your questions are always welcome. As a newer investor, my question concerns positions. You have the right to remain silent, but why would you when anything you ask will be used to help you create your financial freedom? I think it'll probably go higher. And so I would keep a tight stop on it. So don't forget to call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. Investors, the goal of achieving financial freedom requires unbiased information, strategic planning, and determination. Congratulations, you've found the podcast that is dedicated to helping you succeed Invest Talk. Steve and Justin welcome your questions anytime on the Invest Talk listener line, 888 99Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Bill in California. I was wondering what your thoughts were on target date funds. I've been reading about those and interested in, in putting them into a Vanguard Roth IRA I have. I was looking specifically at the VFORX target date fund. Thanks, and I look forward to hearing the answer. Okay, I'm not really a big fan of target dated funds because I don't like the, the automatic part of what they do. 
Um, and because it, it, the automatic part kind of ignores reality, what's happening in the real world. For instance, I'll give you a for instance. If you had a target dated fund dated 2022, so what that means is you're going to retire in 2022. That's what those target dates kind of function. You pick your retirement time, and that's you just buy the fund and you hold on to it. It's really great for the mutual funds. They love it. The mutual fund industry loves target-dated funds. Why? Because you buy them and you leave them alone. That's what they want you to do. Just leave your money there, and then they make money off of your money. But I don't like it. If you were going to retire 2022, you're totally ignoring. Those target-dated funds, because you're retiring soon, will move heavily into bonds just as interest rates are rising. And as interest rates rise, bond values go down. And it eats up all your returns, your, your, your yields. I don't like that fa- the fact that they just ignore that. And these are bond funds, not bonds themselves, actual bonds. They buy bond funds. These target-dated funds will buy a bond fund. Now, Vanguard has, is the cheapest. The cost is very low for Vanguard. But take a look. Take a look even at Vanguard, a chart. Take a look at a chart. You'll see in the recent four, five, six days going back last week when interest rates started to rise, the t- 10-year treasury, it's starting to fall. The fund value, the net asset value of the fund is starting to go down just simply because interest rates are starting to rise. Well, how long do you think they will rise? I I think they're going to rise over the next number of years. So I don't like target-dated funds because of that. I'd rather you see you well, go out and buy your own. If you want to be conservative and you want to buy a bond fund, go out and find go buy the, the Vanguard short-term bond fund. That won't go down nearly as much. You won't make much money. But it won't lose the value much either. I'd rather see you buy the actual bonds, if you want to know the truth, and just buy them at a par, get your interest, whatever it is, and hold them till maturity and get your money back at par. Therefore, you always make money. Forget about how the value is fluctuating because you'll get your money back when it matures. Anyways, my focus point today, one expert has experienced explained how to talk about money. I don't know if I would call him an expert as I was reviewing it. He's a journalist, and he's fairly recently out of college, and he's talking about how his friends and he never talked about finances. So I don't, I don't, he's not an expert in my opinion. He's just not. Just because he's a writer doesn't make him an expert. His points, though, are well taken. No one talks about money. Now, he's referring to his his friends. He's a millennial, and his friends never talk about it. You know, and some friends went on to be successful, some not, some. Uh, and, and no one talked about their student loans, uh, how they're going to pay back their money, how much money they owe. And I'm not saying you have to talk to your friends about it, but you certainly should talk to your family about it. Your, you, it would be nice if your parents talked about it as you grew up in the household, about the finances. I think at a certain age, kids need to be taught the finances of the household. But no one talks about loans and costs and how you're going to repay the loans. What does? How about your credit score? What good is a credit score? What does it do? Um, should I take on these student loans? How can I pay them back if I have a job that doesn't pay very much money and I'm looking for a career that does not pay much money? Should I... Should I take on these loans? Things like that. No no discussion. I urge you, whether you're a parent, grandparent, uncle, aunt, talk about it. 
talk about it. I've talked to my niece who's going to Berkeley about costs of going to college and what kind of degrees you should get to pay those costs back. Anyway, this is Invest Talk, and if you have never called, why not do it now? I would be curious to hear from you. Hear your questions. I'll give you an unbiased answer, I promise. Our phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. The stock market is volatile. It's constantly changing. So how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to investtalk.com and take the brief risk alize quiz. 888-99-CHART. Appreciate you being with me. When people take time to leave an InvestTalk podcast review on iTunes, as you know, we've been telling you lately that we like to get to a question. If they want to want a question to be answered, we'd like to get to it as fast as we can. So this is from Sonotop. Sonotop. And he has a question. Long time listener, love your show. Wanted to know your thoughts on Icon Enterprises. That's IEP as a symbol, as a dividend play. Their earnings are pretty sporadic, but have been consistently paying their dividend. Thoughts on IEP as an income play, maybe four to five years. Well, I think the dividend is pretty secure, uh, but try to remember they cannot pay the 15% yield that is showing that it's paying. That's not going to happen. IEP is Icon Enterprises Limited. It's a holding company engaged in investment management of the automotive, metals, real estate, and home fashion. So it's kind of a like a Warren Buffett-type company where he owns a bunch of company. Icon is the guy's name. Um, anyways, they're going to make $0.37 cents this year, $0.57 cents next year. They lost $7 a share last year. The year before, lost $5. So they've been known to pay a dividend. It's a $53 stock going to make $0.57. Cents. So that's not enough to pay much of a dividend. So how do they pay a dividend in that case? Well, they can borrow money, and they do have a lot of debt. They can borrow money and pay you a dividend. Not a wise thing to do. I, it has no interest for me. Why would you buy this? Buy individual companies that pay dividends. Buy a handful of them that have been paying consistent dividends. If that's what you're looking for, that's how you do it. Don't don't buy these this conglomerate. I don't think it's worth the effort. Okay? Um, Bennett Colbert, I am 18 years old, fresh into college, and I have started looking into getting a credit card to build my credit early. I applied to two college student credit cards and was denied by both because of my annual income. I'm just curious on what I should do. Well, first of all, uh, if you don't have any income, they're not going to give you a credit card. How are you going to pay the credit card? You start, this is what you should do. A debit card. Get a debit card. Now, a debit card is different. You have to actually have the money, and they take it out of your account when you charge it on the debit card. But what it does is establish some kind of credit worthiness in you. You have to make some income before you, anybody will want to give you a credit card. If you, when you graduate out of college, when you graduate, you'll be offered a number of credit cards. They assume if you can get through college, you're going to be worthy, credit worthy, and you'll get a credit card. But just starting at 18 and not have a history of income producing, no. Why would they, 
Why would anybody loan you money? Have you shown that you're able to pay it back? See, you're going to learn as you get older that people will get, loan you money when you don't need it. They will not loan you money when you need it. Talk about need here <laughs> because they want their money back. Okay? So, good question, though. So do the de- do the uh, debit card. That's how you start. That will work. Yeah. You could also apply for a credit card and have your parents sign on it, but have the credit card in your name. That does exist, but they guarantee payment. And this helps build your credit. You can do that too. So there's a couple of things you could do. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, supply chain issues. Three major issues, Okay. Uh, people are expecting this to be resolved, including corporations. They think this is going to be resolved right away. It's not going to happen. It's more pervasive than that. There's capacity constraints and not enough drivers for trucking in the United States. There, are, you know how many? You know how many? I looked it up today. There are in the Los Angeles Long Beach harbors. There are 28 birth container ships. Birth. They're birth. They're sitting there and they're being worked. But there's 62 container ships waiting outside the harbor to be birthed and unloaded. Some terminals don't have enough drivers, enough containers, enough vehicles. So this is really putting a strain on that. Delays have increased 420%, 425% year over year. So you have a, cus, a customer's expectation that it's going to resolve and they're going to get their supplies. And remember, demand is going up. Our economy is pretty strong. You're having capacity constraints. And you have the complexity of the supply chain. The logistics is getting strained. Because remember I talked earlier in the week, last week, about just-in-time inventory? Well, the logistics of doing that means that if you don't have it in time, you're out of supplies. So when you're out out of supplies, now you need to order back order more larger supplies. That compounds the problem. It's a big issue, and it's not going away anytime soon. Okay, in today's job market... There are millions of unfilled jobs, but having a decent job and using it effectively to advance your skills and earnings are two different things. Career experts have coined a term for an employee that exercises positive influence on others in the workplace. In other words, a person who motivates and energizes others. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. What is a positive influence person called, and can you name some of the skills and traits that person will have? After the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my lines are open. You can give me a call, 888-99-CHART. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, 
engineering your success. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Give me a call. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question. And it's kind of interesting because uh, I see myself, my younger self, in the being, being what's called an energizer. So can what is a positive influence person called? And can you name some of the skills that that person will have? So the, the name is energizer. Okay, can you identify a time when you were energizer at work? Now, what, how do you know you are, if you are or aren't? And that's what I found interesting. And, and an energizer, an employee at a company, he strikes an effective balance between tapping people in their network and getting work done by connecting with them on a personal level. In other words, getting things done. You know, if your boss says, I need this right away, can you get that done? Yes. You, there's no no ever. There's always a yes and you get it done. And that was me. I was a yes person. And whatever they wanted, I do it. And I worked buku hours in New York. I mean, every day I get up in the dark, come home in the dark, and I'd come in on on Saturdays. I'd only take Sunday off. Number two, an energizer maintains a balance between what they ask from coworkers and what they contribute to the work for, workflow. I noticed that if you ask people to do the work and you go sit down at your desk, you are not going to be successful. You are not because you need to show that you're willing to work harder than everybody else. And when you ask them to do something, you're perfectly willing to do it. You just don't have the time. You're just asking for their help. Even when you're a boss, when they have to do what you say, the way you present what you want done is important. You don't have to order them around. You don't have to because you they know you're the boss. What you have to do is say, hey, guys, we got a project here. Um, I, I'll take the lead. I'll do this, 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 and this. And now, can you do that? And you do that? You're asking them. They can't say, no, you're the boss. But the way you present it to them as a project for a team, very important. Very important to do that. Remember, an energizer also engages people. And they have meetings. The energizer is participating, not sitting back, doing nothing, yawning, Falling asleep, nothing like that. You're part of. You're engaged, energized in the meeting. Okay, so I, th- those are some of the traits. If you want to get ahead, uh, I, I graduated from college here in Southern California. My first real job was in New York City. Never been back east ever before. Right out of college, and I was from California. Very different. The people in New York, right? I'm just a different personality. I was much more vocal, much less constrained. I, and I guess that served me well, okay, than, than being quiet and, and reserved. I was not. I don't think I am now either. I don't think I ever was. But, but you know, that, if you want to get ahead, you got to mean it. You got to get out there. You got to be part of it. Keep going. Don't, you know, I have nieces and nephews that sit on their Gluteus Maximus and do nothing and play video games and think they're going to get ahead. Never going to get ahead. They're doing that. Doesn't work. Okay. 
Let's go to uh, Adijid, Fremont, gains or losses? So, Steve and Justin, uh, you have been uh, helping a lot of uh, stock investors with by demystifying a lot of things. So, thank you for all that. I you have are. a question about the realized gains uh-huh. and unrealized losses. Okay. So if you have unrealized gain, which is like, uh, say, 30,000, 40,000, so that's going to affect a lot of taxes. But your unrealized losses are also more or less similar, or maybe a little less. So what do you do to avoid paying a lot of taxes in the current year? Okay. What you do is if you have realized gains, everybody, let's, let's talk about realized gains. Gains, those are the stocks you bought, and they went up, and you took profits and sold them. Now you have a gain, a, a realized gain. An unrealized gain is one that the stock went up, but you didn't sell it yet. It's just a gain inside your portfolio. You haven't realized it. When you realize that gain, you're going to have to pay taxes on that gain. Well, how can you offset that so you don't have to pay taxes? Well, you look at the unrealized losses in some of your stocks in your portfolio. If you sell those stocks stock and have those losses, those losses can be offset against the gain in that year. So now... You don't have to pay taxes because the losses offset it. Also, $3,000 of those gains can be applied, you know, can be applied, um, can be, well, I won't get into that. That is going to just make it more complex. Just realize you can offset realized gains with realized losses. And you have short-term and long-term gains and losses. Long-term is when you realize a gain and you had the, the position more than 12 months. Well, you have to have a realized loss 12 months or longer that you've had to offset that gain. So short-term versus short-term, long-term versus long-term. Now, what if you wanted to keep those stocks? What if you didn't really want to sell them? You want to, you want to keep them. Well, you still can realize your losses and then 31 days buy those stocks to stock back. Buy them back. Okay, so you have 31 days in which you're risking up movement in that position, and you may take it may be a risky, and you may lose part of the gain. But you have to determine whether you feel you want the loss more important than the, than the gain. Now, you also go. Let's say you have an ETF, exchange traded fund. You can sell that ETF, take the loss, and buy some other ETF right away, even if it does the same thing. That's okay. Let's say you have a big loss in AT&T. Well, you can, you can realize AT&T loss and buy a Verizon. Not much difference in those two stocks. So you can do that too. There's different, different techniques. Different techniques. That's how you do it. Let's go to James in New York. Hi, James. Good evening. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for the call. Good. Um, I'd just like to ask about uh, HFC, Holly Frontier Corporation. Okay. Um, I understand that they cut their dividend. I've owned it for a decent amount of time and made a decent amount of money off of it, but I don't know if it was worth continuing to hold given that dividend uh, suspension. They suspended it? I believe they have, yes. Okay. Okay, Holly Frontier Corporation is a company in Dallas, Texas, engaged in production of high-value light petroleum products such as gasoline, diesel fuel, and jet fuel. 
Um, they don't know why they would cut their dividend because they're going to make a dollar sixteen a share this year. They lost eighty six cents a share last year, and they're going to make three dollars and ten cents a share next year, and it's a thirty four dollars stock. So I can, I guess I can see them cutting the dividend this year because they're not making a lot of money. Okay, but next year they're going to have a hundred sixty seven percent increase, and sales have jumped in the most recent quarter one hundred twenty two percent. So they're probably cutting the dividend because of an abundance of caution. Because they're not, they didn't, they lost money last year. They're only going to make a dollar sixteen this year. Next year, they're finally going to get back to a normal earnings of three dollars and ten cents, and they paid a four point one percent dividend. Well, four percent of thirty four dollars is what a dollar eighty. See, so that's why they did it. They didn't. They're not making enough money, and they don't want to borrow money to pay pay their dividend to keep the same rate. So yeah, that's probably why they did it. I, I still think it's worth holding. Uh, it's fairly reasonably priced based on next year's earnings. So it depends on what your outlook is, long-term or short-term. But the stock has been high as, you know, $83. But that's in 2018 when it made $6.46 a share. So, yeah, it just, I probably would look for a, a, a stronger dividend pay, stronger dividend payer company. James, good luck. I hope it works for you. And, you know, maybe you want to move to a better company or consistent. There are, there are companies out there that pay the same dividend or increase their dividend every year, year in, year out. There are companies that do that, many of them. You just got to find them. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, Windows 11 came out today. Now, this is a major operating up, operating systems upgrade from Microsoft. It's the first release in six years. Now, so far, the articles I read about it today are pretty positive about what it does. What's really interesting to me is it has a more Apple look to it, a more Apple look to it. You know, the bottom bar where Apple has all the icons, all your pieces of software, a lot of them down there on the on the row at the bottom. That's, well, Microsoft didn't. You had to scroll over the left-hand, lower left uh, icon, and then it would show you your software. They, it, that, so it looks more Apple-like. I don't know if it's, you know, running it and actually applying it. According to the article I read, they, to them, they feel it's, User-friendly, but more Apple-like in appearance and user-ness. Interesting, huh? Of course, you know Microsoft copied Apple from the very beginning. When I say that, you know, Apple was the first one to come over the touch screens. Apple was, a, you know, Apple was far ahead of Microsoft, and Microsoft was always trying to catch up. I mean, Apple came out with the uh, icons. Apple, you know, the little icons you click on, you take for granted, like, oh, okay, that, that's where they're. You, you just look at them and, okay, there's my icons of the various software I have. That's, that was Apple. Microsoft didn't have that. It came out a year or two after copying. There's a lot of lawsuits, and Apple didn't win. But, but it was interesting. Interesting things going on. Okay, so I thought I'd just bring that out to you. You're going to start getting Windows 11 coming out. Everybody's probably going to upgrade. Uh, and you're going to get, if you have a Windows operating system, the old one, I think they're going to let you upgrade for free. 
with a new one. Now, now, the reason why they do that is to get everybody on the new system as fast as possible, and now you're married to that system. They like that. They really do. Okay, KPP Financial, we're here. We operate on a philosophy of independent thing and shared success, as you know. And what that means is we try to provide unbiased guidance. Well, we don't try. We do. It's unbiased. We don't buy anybody's research or anything. We do our own. We also engage in parallel investing, meaning I buy the same things for myself, Justin and I. We buy the same things for ourselves as the clients at the same price, same time, same percentage of your portfolios of the positions we're buying or selling. Always the same. We match our clients' performances. We want to be on the same table, same side of the table. And we're a fiduciary, so we want to be there. But most fiduciaries don't have to buy what they are selling to you. But we do. Okay? We have a number of investment strategies to apply from very conservative to pretty aggressive. Depends on what you want. So... If you send us a message, send me an email at investtalk.com. We'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio, and we'll be happy to try to help you determine whether you're properly invested based on your own personal risk tolerances, you know, how much risk. And if you don't know what that is, we'll help you determine that first. See what kind of person you are. This is not hard to do. you got to have a plan, everybody. What's your plan? Most people don't. They just buy the stock. It sounds good. They buy that stock. Someone told them, you know, don't ever buy someone else's tip tips. That never seems to work out. And once you realize that doesn't work out, then get, make sure you get someone like us to call. And even if you – I had a conversation with a couple this morning. It was a very good conversation. Both couple, that they knew what, each, what, they, you know, what their goals were. They knew how much money they had and how, whatever was invested – and, you know, that's a couple who's communicating with each other. You need to communicate. If you need help with that, hiring or just talking to somebody like me or Justin with both the husband uh, and wife, wife and husband, 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 wife, wife, I don't care. The spouse together on the phone, all of us, helps clear the air as to what you're doing and what's going on in your financial life. Be happy to help you with that. We want to help you. We do. So give us a call, send us an email. We'll be happy to help you. You probably heard us mention that we have Invest Talk listeners across America. Well, we know that. We're all over the country and all over the world now. So it's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun. Uh, Germany, uh, we, have a, we have a call from Germany, I believe. So hang on. 888-99-CHART. Best Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about P.E. ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. Steve and Justin are fearless. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen. Justin, here's a listener from Germany. I listen daily to your podcast and I, I get a lot of support from your thinking and advice. I'd like to know today I strengthened my portfolio in the energy sector. So I bought Kinder Morgan KMI, but I bought also and I found Petrobras, PBR, Petrobras, a Brazilian company in oil and, and gas. Uh, very low PE, very high dividend. 
So I think this could be a good ad for maybe other dividend investors. Yeah, let me know your view if you have the same view that this is a good investment. Petrobras, thank you for your guidance. Greetings from Germany. Bye-bye. Okay, Petrobras, Petro Brazil. It's out of Brazil. And that's one of the reasons why it's low price, because they have a very volatile history of earnings. They're going to make $2.24 this year. That's up almost 1,000% from last year. Made 21 cents. So $10.97 stock, so they can obviously pay um, the 8% dividend if they want to. Okay, that's the. But just know that it's very volatile. It's a very low price, but it's very volatile too. So you're taking that risk. You know, and that's what, but it's, I think it's, I think it's cheap enough to be attractive at this point. I do. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Hey guys, it's uh, Zach from Minnesota. Uh, just calling the question that I had. The ticker that I was actually looking at is the same as the company name ABB, that's Alpha Bravo Bravo. Looking to buy this position and hold it for the long term in a dividend portfolio. Just wondering what your guys' opinion and outlook are for this company's long term and if it would be a uh, good position to buy and hold the long term in the dividend portfolio. Thank you. Okay, ABB Limited, it's a Switzerland company, a Swiss manufacturer of power management and power plant automation equipment for, you know, the power industry. Uh, It's it's kind of a boring stock. It's at $32.96. Why do I say that? Well, because the earnings have never been consistently going up. Sales is pretty erratic. Recent quarters have been doing nice, up 21%. Most recent quarter, that's a June quarter. March quarter was up 11%. Uh, it pays a 2.1% dividend, has a decent return on equity. So all those fundamental numbers are solid numbers. But the stock has never done that great. Now, it did come off a COVID bottom, of course, you know, uh, well, 15, 16, and went up to, you know, 38 or so, and now it's down to 32. Uh, but it's never been more than about 30, $30 a share, ever, ever. So... And mutual funds only own 1%. They have no interest in buying. There's 79 mutual funds own it a year ago. Today, 88. They're just not interested. If you're going to buy for the dividend, it's going to pay you that dividend, 2%. But there are better dividend payers out there. So I just, I I wouldn't be interested in it. No. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278, everybody. Okay, um... October has big crashes. October 87, remember that crash? I have the uh, Wall Street Journal behind me. It's getting kind of tattered and it's kind of it's yellow. And, <laughs> you know, it's, but I still have it. The crash of 87, stocks plummet 508 points, the Dow does, on panicky selling. Okay, now that happened to be a huge number back then. A 20% crash in one day. Okay, and this happened October 20th, 1987. Actually, it happened October 19th. The paper's dated October 20th. 
Now, the very next day, if you would have bought the S&P 500, once it fell 20%, would have been an excellent day to buy the market. But since that time, look where it's gone. Buy the weakness. Buy the weakness. What was wrong back then? What was worrying everybody? The Fed raising rates. Interesting, huh? Now, is the Fed going to raise rates? No, but they are going to start tightening by cutting back their bond-buying program. They've said they are. Rates are going to go, they are going to return to normalization, which should be, for the Fed's fund rate, 2 to 3%, when it's right now at zero. When, how long is it going to take to get here? There, it's going to take a long time. Years. I think years. It's going to be really, really slow. So don't think you can just, you know, oh, I'm, the, market, the interest rates are going up, the market's going to crash. Well, of course it's going to crash. It always crashes. Every once in a while it crashes. That's how it works. Buy the crash. You don't sell the crash. You buy it. Now, if you're getting close to retirement, you can't afford the crash. You've got to be, be a, more, a lot more defensive now. Be defensive. Be defensive. Long term, the market goes up. Always does. Always has. Probably always will until while I'm alive. So don't worry too much. I'm Steve Peasley. Completes another InvestTalk program. Jessica Klein and I thank you for listening, and we encourage you to tell your friends and family. Appreciate that. It's a free podcast. Download it every day, anytime. Listen to it anytime you feel like it. And we do count... Uh, we do keep count of our podcast downloads. You know that. Everybody does. Everybody knows how many listeners they have for their podcast. So do we. And it's important. It's actually very important in many different ways. So we have had about 35 million so far. But please tell your friends and family. You can get our free downloads at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. And you can review and rate us at iTunes. And we would appreciate that. Please do so. Independent thinking, share success. This is the best talk. Enjoy your evening, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. They thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.